Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pop Culture Workshop. Just you know, with the Pop Culture Workshop, Kevin, just when we think, okay, there may be an episode where we don't have as much to talk about. No, it's it's no. summer blockbuster time, and so so many things are happening. A lot to get to, not only on screen, but on your you know YouTube with the with the trailers dropping, and of course all the streaming services. Yes. So let's begin with The Rock. The right? Rock, the, the set, a pop culture icon at this point, right? Yeah. And he is actually going to be a superhero. Some pe- some may say he already is. I was gonna say but... all the the like four jungle <laughs> movies he did last year. Right, where he like yeah. fought the the characters from the rampage. Yeah, but arcade. this this time he's in the DC universe. He is Black Adam, and we got the first Black Adam trailer mm. to drop, and it's about what you would think it was, right? The the interesting part of it is DC is vastly different than the Marvel universe, and in fact, the far- Marvel universe all ties together. DC. It does seem, and I, when I talk to Eric Davis, he kind of agrees, they're just trying to throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks anymore. Yeah. So they're focusing on individual projects. So the Justice Society of America is part of this particular Black Adam movie. It doesn't give a lot of detail. It just shows the rock and costume and that Black Adam's an antihero because I don't know if you've heard, but villains are in now. <laughs> yes, and I do like that they're sort of just not going with the what Marvel has been doing with the whole everything's connected in the same universe because uh, DC's tried that, and it has not worked very well. No, no. They're, they're trying to internally, like, obviously Warner Brothers and Discovery, I think it is, are merging and everything, and they're trying to get their own Kevin Feige. But in the interim, we're getting these, like, different takes and they're not afraid to do different things we also saw todd phillips posting a picture of the joker 2 Mm, script with joaquin phoenix so that is definitely a movie that's been within its own world i don't see you know some people saying oh who's going to show up in in the sequel is going to show up in sequel i don't see that share it's it was so unique in and of its vision that i don't see it sharing anybody else from any of these other characters in the DC right. universe. And even if like Batman or somebody shows up in it, I don't they might just be an ancillary character. Yeah. I think yes. it's mainly going to be more of Joaquin's amazing performance as yeah. the Joker. Yeah. So those were the kind of the DC news that we got. Another trailer that dropped. So we'll talk more about this next week. Lightyear comes mm-hmm. out next week. Very much in the sci-fi realm. It is Pixar's first IMAX it's Pixar's first exclusive to theaters movie since March 2020. And so they put a lot of eggs in that basket. It looks really good. Yeah. It looks, it, it's a sci-fi adventure, and it's basically what the toy you know from Toy Story, the movie that that toy is based on. It looks like Disney's going doubling down on the sci-fi adventure because they dropped the Disney animation uh, trailer for Strange World, which comes out in the fall, mm-hmm. also with a very otherworldly, different creatures type of field. So they're, they're kind of leaning into this sci-fi pulp kind of 1960s, 70s Star Trek, Star Wars vibe going on. And I, for one, am here for it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I was originally one of the people, one of the many people who, when I heard they were making a Buzz Lightyear movie, I, I was like, okay, stop. Who cares? But the trailer looks really good, and everything I've been seeing from it, I love – it reminds me of a sort of like almost like a rocket man. Yes. Uh, a rocketeer. Rocketeer. Rather. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, that kind of feel. It's yeah. a, And same with Strange World. If you've not seen the trailer, I highly recommend you check it out. 
it's Disney animation. It looks like Pixar. A lot of Disney animation anymore is kind of, you know, digitized and computer animation, much like Pixar is doing. But it looks really good. And, and I, it, I like that Disney is leaning into that and be like, OK, we're going to follow up Pixar with another sci-fi. So that's what that's what Disney dropped this week. Uh, one last trailer I do want to uh, touch upon before we move to some streaming shows, which there's a lot to that Wild. to get into. Uh, I still am trying to wrap my head around the fact the Rob Zombie is directing a PG movie. He's directing his version of the Monsters. He dropped some footage, a teaser trailer, which was basically his version of the opening of the Monsters, right? Yeah. With his version of the characters. It wasn't a lot. There wasn't very substantive. But it's still hard for me to imagine Rob Zombie making a PG movie. Yeah, that's especially when he remade. Halloween, and it was just extremely violent and gory, and all the other things that he's done that are Devil's just way Rejects, over the top. Uh, Devil's yeah, House Rejects. of a Thousand Corpses, so Three from Hell. But so it'll be interesting, you know, a PG movie he's doing, and it's a reboot, remake of the Monsters. But there might be some he can bring in some of those horror elements to make it a some parts of it maybe a little creepy, even if it's four laughs or something. Well, it was interesting, and uh, you can hear the full interview with Eric Davis from Fandango.com when you tune in to Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WMAY. And when I was talking to him, he said, hey, listen, there's more to people than meets the eye sometimes, and maybe the monsters were the first kind of glimpse of monsters and horror that Rob Zombie had, so he's embracing the kind of nostalgia in that because he brought up James Gunn. Mm -hmm. James Gunn had done some pretty violent horror movies before he brought in the MCU, but he also did a Scooby-Doo movie. He did Scooby-Doo. So, yeah. right. So it's like, it's one of those things of Which, like... Scooby-Doo was going to be our at one point. Right, yeah. So that you can kind of lean into uh, nostalgia there. So I, for one, am interested to see how he goes with it, but just to see Rob Zom- a Rob Zombie film and then the rating being PG, it's still a little difficult for me to wrap my head around. Uh, something that... I would say PG-13-ish, Stranger Things. Have you delved into the latest season as of yet? Not yet. I, uh, I decided, Kev, over this past weekend, I was just going to go for it. Okay. So Friday night I get home from from work, and I uh, ask the wife, I'm like, hey, do you want to kind of delve into Stranger Things? Because we we're all caught up with um, Obi-Wan, and, and she's not super into the boys, which I've also watched some of those episodes. Not fully caught up, but we can touch up on that a little bit. But I was like, let's go full Stranger Things, right? So we had a Stranger Things night. I went to the store. I bought, like, Wild Cherry Pepsi that I haven't had since <laughs> I was a kid. I bought a bunch of candy. We ordered Domino's, and they have the throwback Domino's Stranger Things box. And so it was just, like, junk food and Stranger Things. Each one of those episodes is over an hour long. Mm. Um, and the last episode, so they have seven episodes in this particular first part, and then only two coming out in the July first drop, which I thought was interesting, but they're an hour and a half and two and a half hours long. I will say this. The next thing I knew on Friday night, we had made it through five episodes. Yeah. Like it is that good that it it keeps you entertained. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's dragging on anywhere. There's so much stuff going on and there's three different storylines you're following, but they're all, all linear it's just really well done by the Duffer Brothers, and if you're a little afraid by the length of 
each episode in this particular part one of season four, don't be. It, it does it does not feel like it's dragging on at all. The, I was able to finish it in a weekend. No, so there's a point to you know it being that long, and there's things happening. It's not just long stretches of, oh, here's like a clip show, flashback, like none of that. Well, you get some flashbacks. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's some flashbacks, but, but it's not like the whole episode is. The flashbacks yeah. are pertinent to Eleven's journey okay. uh, in this particular part of the season. Because, you know, if, for the refresher for those who don't remember, because with Stranger Things, they drop all the episodes at once, and then it had such a delay because of COVID, because of all the special effects in this particular season. Um, Eleven doesn't have her powers as we start season four. Yeah. And so the flashbacks are used to kind of get her to jumpstart and bring her powers back. Yeah. So it, it, it goes, I don't want to give too much away because, you know, it's only been released for a couple of weeks. But I would highly recommend if you're afraid of the length, it is digested easier than you would think due to the length of the episodes. Let me just say that. Okay. And so if you want to do a theme night, we had a blast with it. Uh, it was so much fun. And we ended up watching the last two on Saturday night, staying up late both nights. Um, really, I, I couldn't speak more highly and look forward to how it culminates. And the dynamic with Steve and, and Dustin and everything else is there. It's choice. Yeah. Maya Hawk is awesome in it. So I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Good. Um, we also have a new streaming show that debuted this Wednesday, Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. The, new, the newest MCU show on Disney+. Plus. Yes. And I don't know about you, Kev, but I got to give – the Marvel TV Disney Plus folks another round of applause because each one has been so different than the previous. Yeah. I like this a lot. I mean, I haven't been keeping up with a lot of the MCU shows, uh, but I uh, I watched the recent episode of Kenobi last night, which we'll yeah we'll get delve to that. into. Yeah. But it you know I wasn't tired, and I was like, well, and I had already slept early in the day. A weird sleep schedule, but the. <laughs> Uh, I saw the new episode of Ms. Marvel had dropped. We'd talked about it a little bit. I'd seen a review of it. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll watch this because it's one episode and, you know, it's fine. Uh, I'm hooked. I'm going to have to watch the rest of them when they come out because it's, it's so – it's such a nice show, you know? <laughs> yes, vastly different. It, it's, it is a coming-of-age teen comedy. It reminded me so much of the first Spider-Man movie. And that's what a lot of people are comparing it to. They're, and what, it, what I thought, too, with some of the visuals and the way it was shot with some of the things, it kind of also felt like Into the Spider-Verse yeah. to me. And, and I found out from Eric Davis that actually the showrunners for Ms. Marvel actually had to convince – Feige and the rest of Marvel to include some of those animated sequences, and they did, in fact, say that the Spider-Verse was one of their big influences on those particular sequences. So um, it is, and unlike Moon Knight, which was very good in and of itself, Oscar Isaac was fantastic, which had real no connection to the outside MCU, boy, this goes full bore. They're this go- is this is where like all the Avengers are heroes, everyone, and they have their own Avenger con now, and like yeah. she is a total fangirl from his Mar. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, and and they um, I I do think it's funny uh when when she's talking to she's trying to convince her parents to to go, <laughs> yes. and she's like, well, it's sort of like a historical reenactment. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's funny, but like that's what it would be though if that was right. Real. Right, that's the whole thing. If if in fact. Something like this were to happen in our lives where there's this giant battle with Thanos and everything else. 
you can guarantee there'd be somebody podcast like this and Twitter and everything else yeah. that, yeah, it'd be a historical reenactment. And she has her own podcast. She starts it with, like, her own little YouTube channel. It's great. Well, and I love the fact there's a little dig in there. Like, like some people, because let's face facts, everyone, no matter how good the show is going to be, there's always going to be detractors. Yeah. And there are some who are saying that Ms. Marvel, she knows too many intricate details of the battle with Thanos and about Captain Marvel and everything else. She has ADHD. She probably but, spends all her time but, <laughs> looking this stuff up. But one, one, she's a fan. And two, the nod to the Scott Lang podcast. Yeah. Right? That Ant-Man has. And who among us doesn't think Ant-Man wouldn't have a filter where he would just bled all like he oh, was there for all of it. Like 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 Lang is going to be the guy where You're like well I shouldn't say this but right exactly you know. because we saw in in Endgame <laughs> where he's like there sitting with you know the Hulk and the Hulk's getting all this publicity he's like hey do you want my picture too and he gets a little upset that no one, so I could definitely see Scott Lang in a podcast giving all these different details that no one needs to know about of course but 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 Scott Lang did. Yeah. So yeah. so that's why she kind of knows about it and there's I love that nod. I just love the feel. It's it's a lighter fare. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. I'm assuming it probably will for the most part, but yeah, it, but, but it's the, the inclusion, yeah. the the coming of age story. I think it's I think it's an important show. Oh yeah, it's an important show. Uh the inclusion, the culture, um first Muslim super first mu- I mean seriously, yeah. And but also the coming of age story. She's you know, the character Aman is her name and she's just She's just a, a teenage girl who's, you know, she's failing her driving test. She's um, <laughs> that was a great scene. That too. was yeah, um, you know, she's daydreaming. Talk about the ADHD. I mean, she's always daydreaming. That's when we see some of those animated sequences, yes, yeah, which is super cool. And you know, she has her her friend who's you know not her boyfriend, but you know they spend a lot of time, time together. Yeah, there's and there's, it's it's just such a cute show. And it is I, even when like. Even when the stakes get really high, and um, I won't spoil what happens in it, although I'm sure a lot of people can guess at the premise, um, it's not super, like, traumatic or violent or anything. It's just a very, almost, like, empowering scene. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, Speaking of cute, uh, the latest Obi-Wan episode, I I can't get enough of Young Leia. (laughs) Young Leia's great. Young Leia is fantastic, and someone had, I, I, I can't remember who posted it, but it was like, God, I wish Carrie Fisher was still alive to see this portrayal of her character because it's so true she would love it. to what we know of Leia Organa later on in life. Yeah, um, It's just been fantastic to watch. And this, this particular episode of Obi-Wan, only 39 minutes, but there is not a minute spared. In the, I mean, it, it is packed. It's packed together, and it moves at a quick pace, and we're starting to see an Obi-Wan who... After the end of last episode, we saw him a broken, beaten man. We're starting to see an Obi Wan who's starting to get his groove back. A little he, bit of little bit of Obi Wan swagger oh, is coming back. He, he's he's pulling out the moves again, and it's great. And he's um, you know, he's he's getting he's getting his grip on the Force back. Um, you see him start to use his lightsaber a little more. Um, and he's very you know, he's very daring. You know, at the beginning of um, I forget which episode it was. Maybe it was two or three, where um. Bail Organa comes to her, comes to him and says, you have to save my daughter. And he's like, oh, I'm not like that anymore. And now he's like risking his life to save her. Yeah. You know, he's really, um, you know, get, get like you said, getting back into his groove. Yeah. It's That's, back to the it's back to the uh, Obi-Wan of the prequels. Yeah. It, you know, the, the Obi-Wan in the prequels with with 
uh, Ewan McGregor just kind of had a little bit of that swagger to him, right? That that quiet confidence. Yeah. And we're starting to see that come back. I can't believe there's only two more episodes of this particular show. Oh well, of this season at yeah, least. Yeah, this season. Because yeah, yeah. I think they they've there rumors that they're going to a re-edit or reshoot or retool the last episode oh. so that they can make more because it's, it's been such a big it's response been to it. one, of, one of their biggest shows yeah so. yeah i would not be surprised and i think there's a lot more story to mine there because there's such a gap between you know the obi-wan we're seeing now to sir alex guinness and the obi-wan we see in you know a new hope so there's yeah. still there's still a lot of time to mine there there's still um, a lot of characters you can bring in because the um the clone wars show famously brings back darth maul yes so i mean and Darth Maul comes back in Solo. I mean, that movie's... Spoiler alert. No, that movie's yeah. been out. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's no one likes that one anyways, but uh, I'm just, I did, I didn't I'm think just kidding. Ever, yeah. I liked Solo, but I, I didn't know think it's... it was as bad as people made it out to be, nah. but it just... It'll be interesting to see if <laughs> that particular iteration of Solo Ooh, shows up of in that. any of, whether it be this show, the Obi-Wan show, whether it be the Mandalorian at some point, yeah. where exactly. And you could also bring Donald Glover, not Donald, Danny, yeah, yeah Donald, Donald Glover. Donald, no, no, not I'm, Danny, he's too over the da- shit. Danny Old Tulvers, yeah, but. Yeah, um, no, Donald Glover, there's been talk about trying to get a Lando show uh, on Disney Plus with fun. Donald Glover, because he was fantastic yeah. in that role. So, really enjoying uh, the Obi-Wan series, interested to see where they go. Darth Vader is an ultimate badass. Like we've brought back the fear factor to Darth Vader with oh, this, yeah. which has been fantastic. The, the, yeah, the, he shows up once in this episode and is immediately like on a mission, choking. It's like that's our Vader. He's yeah, not, that he's not. No. <laughs> yeah, he's like no. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. loving the Obi Wan out for blood. And then finally, Kev, before we wrap up the pop culture workshop this weekend, uh, the new Jurassic World movie comes yeah. out this week. Jurassic World Dominion, combining the new with the old, the nostalgia for some of us who saw the original Jurassic Park in the theater and just were blown the freak away, like, oh, my God, do-do-do. Like, mm-hmm. it just, you know, you start to get the goosebumps yeah. from that original one. So you get that original cast back. It has not gotten the greatest reviews. Uh, some say the plot a little convoluted. Um, but what I, from what I understand, what I gather if you are more a nostalgia and haven't been super into what they've done with Jurassic World, you'll still enjoy this one because the original OG characters don't just show up for a cameo. They get their own they get a meaty story. They they organically become part of this story and have their own stories within it as well. So that to me, that was one thing I was worried about. Like, is it just fan service of like they just come in for no reason and it's like, hey, remember these people? Yeah, they just come in, they play the score once, and then, yeah. Yeah. But, no, that's good. And I think, you know, like we said, there's going to be detractors for everything. And uh, this is a movie series about dinosaurs and about dinosaurs living among people. I mean, at some point, you got to realize that it's not going to be the most scientific, like, to the T of, like, and I haven't seen it, so, and I I don't want to say that's an excuse to you know, write a lazy plot or something. But I think with something like Jurassic Park, with the original cast back, people want that nostalgia. They want that fun in the theater. Yes, exactly. And it is very much a popcorn movie, right? Yeah. You're going to see these giant visuals. You're going to see things you can't see in real life of 
dinosaurs running among us. And that's where this one is gone. We're off the island. Dinosaurs, how do, how do we live together with dinosaurs? What goes on there? There's a lot of tension film scenes, uh, a la the kitchen scene from the first Jurassic Park yeah. with the velociraptors. A lot of scenes like that. And, and so, yes, you got to just check your, you know, your realism at the door, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's like don't go in expecting pure science or whatever. And I, may I just say this, knowing that the original cast gets a pretty sizable amount of time, you can never have too much Jeff Goldblum. Of course. So I'm looking forward to his interaction with, like, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And so while they haven't been great, like, the Lost World movies – they're fine for what they are. They're entertaining, and that's all oh, yeah. they want to be. They don't espouse to be life-changing. They're there just to entertain you for two hours and make you go, wow. And I, from what I understand, the visuals in this are outstanding, so I am looking forward to It's one to, that. to see on a big screen. See yes, the dinosaurs exactly. Yes. Get, roaming, go to an IMAX. Roaming an IMAX. Roaming an IMAX with that, with that surround sound where you just blow out your eardrums with the T-Rex scream. There's different dinosaurs you haven't seen before. And so... I definitely want to check it out at some point, uh, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it. And some news also to pass along for, you know, I'm a big Marvel nerd. You're kind of into Marvel as well, Kev. Uh, as the recording of this particular uh, episode of the Pop Culture Workshop, Monday, June 13th, Monday morning, June 13th, is when Thor Love and Thunder tickets go on sale. Nice. So if you want to see that opening day, they also released some more footage uh, with him interacting with the Guardians. I don't feel like they're going to be in that movie a ton, and maybe like the first 25, 30 minutes, and then Thor does his own thing from there. Uh, but it's always great to see the Guardians. Well, maybe the we'll get a tease for them at the end. What do you think? Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's probably a pretty, pretty good bet. Uh, also, we may get a tease for the Wakanda Forever, I think, is the next oh, one. Oh, that's come, right. I think that's the next one that comes yeah. out in November. So. Yeah, a lot going on in the, the Marvel world, a lot going on in streaming. I, like I said, I didn't even mention The Boys, uh, but I've seen two of the first four episodes, uh, and The Boys are what you would think from The Boys. There's uh, about 10 minutes into the first one, I started squeaming a little bit and squirming because of a certain situation that transpired. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and, and Homelander has finally lost it, uh, <laughs> as if he hadn't before, so... Watch out. The rest of this season is going to be absolutely bonkers. Great. Yes. Look forward to it. Kev, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike.